Episode 29 mm-hmm. of the Beyond the Cubicle podcast. Mm-hmm. All right, what are we talking about this week? We're doing part two of Watch the Throne. Watching the Throne, the boss personality type. That's right. Yep. That's right. So this week we're going to be covering four more of these boss personality types, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what they're about, mm-hmm. and how you can understand them in order to use them to your benefit, mm-hmm. further your career. Better learn something. That's it. <laughs> so, <laughs> as always, grab your pens, your notepads, anything else you use to take notes, smartphones, etc., mm. and check this intro. <laughs> Episode 29 of Beyond the Cubicle Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brian Montgomery. Eric Kelly is the other guy, the old guy sitting over in the corner. <laughs> um, we haven't done this in a while, but I think it, it's, I it's appropriate. You, I, know, I know where you're going. I know where you're going. <laughs> it's appropriate yeah. that we do this yeah. from time to time just to remind people what the philosophy of this show is yeah, yeah, and the things that a lot of these topics are centered around, yeah. and it's the philosophy of pies, P I E S. Not that cobbler we were. Not, not the cobbler. Week. No, no. And no. I, I'm a cherry pie person myself. Oh, really? And, and <laughs> apple, apple pie, apple and cherry. It's like the only plant. Well, and my mama's sweet potato pie. Yeah, so <laughs> you just like pies. <laughs> you know what? I guess I do. Okay. Okay, pies. Here it is. Pies. Okay, P, P. P is for. P is for performance. Yes. If you are going to work, you got to bring some to get some. Absolutely. And by the way, people of faith out there, mm-hmm. if you're not using the talent that you were given to to actually make wherever you are better, mm. don't be calling on him later mm. after you uh, aren't getting what you think you want. Right. So if you're half-stepping with your with the talent, he gave you talents right. to make a difference. Right. That's performing. You've got to bring some to get some. I is for... I is for image. Yes. Whatever organization you are in, mm-hmm. your image has to blend in. I right. know that's hard for some of us to deal with. It is. Because <laughs> it if is. You, if you play for, I'm thinking about another friend of ours, but uh-huh. right now, if if you play for the Lakers, <laughs> <laughs> they wear yellow jersey. Yes. Okay. They don't wear blue jersey. No. So if I'm going to be a part of that team, you got to wear that yellow jersey. You may work for a company shirt and tie. Yeah. Yeah. That may not be your favorite thing. Nope. But that's the team you play on. That'll do it. So that's image. E is for? Exposure. How many people know you and know you positively? Right. Like your name comes up, and we talk about this all the time. Right, right, right. Your name comes up, and they go, ooh, Brian. Yes. Now, the first thing pops in is like, okay, I have a visual picture of Brian. Mm-hmm. Brian's sitting down, but Brian's six 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 nine. I don't know, but he's a <laughs> way bigger than your boy. Okay, so... He comes in, and there is exposure that you have. I've got an image picture yeah, in my head. Yeah. Now there's the people you're exposed to. Well, you know, we're having conversations about, you're talking to vice presidents and directors and senior, the, the leaders of your organization. Mm-hmm. That means they know who you are and know who you are positively. Right. And you cannot survive unless that, that's no. there. And last but not least at all, the big mm. thing, S. The most important thing is spirituality. Yes. If you don't have all of this wrapped up with your connection, with your higher power, absolutely, you're going to lose. Absolutely. So, so that's the whole game. Yeah, so from time to time, we have to kind of even remind ourselves about that. Um, yeah. It just kind of helps us, helps guide you 
through how you should be approaching your career from time to time. So we hope you took notes on pies and always remember that. All right, today's topic is a continuation of the last episode, and this this topic today will complete our series on personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we took t- uh, two episodes to cover your coworker personalities, which mm-hmm. I got a lot of funny feedback on that one. And people are like, "Oh man, you guys are so spot on." It's just like. <laughs> Yes, it's a zoo. Welcome to the zoo. Welcome to the zoo, baby. It's nuts out here. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, last episode 28, we covered um, uh, the boss personalities, the first four of them, I think, first three or four. Right. And uh, with this one, we're going to cover a second half of it, and then we'll wrap that up, wrap our series up on personalities. It's a good one. It's a good one. All right. So let's jump into it. All right. And let's remind people again why it's important to even understand all of these personalities from coworkers to bosses. Okay. First of all, we're all different, right? Yep. We got programmed differently. Some people got programmed in in very quiet, calm households. <laughs> yeah. Some people got programmed where we got like 15 brothers and sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, I, I was talking to a gentleman who grew up in a house where there were 10 children. Wow. He said, I'm always on time. I said, well, tell me how that developed. Uh, yeah. He said, we had one bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> the way you grew up and what happened to you uh-huh. actually sets you up as an adult. I, th- I thought he was going to say it was 10 of us, so we had to make sure we was on time to the dinner table so yeah, no one could snatch my food. And everything. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it was. <laughs> right. So, so, yeah, you know, whatever happened to you in your programming, right? your mom, your pop, your siblings, whatever, all that whole thing, your family, extended family, that thing helped you develop uh, into who you are today. Right, right. Well, you're going to stay that way. Mm-hmm. You get to work for another company, this company, that company. You're basically going to stay that way. And if that's the case and I work for you, mm-hmm. I need to understand how that is. Yes. For my own personal survival. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let me, let me throw this back at you. Go. Is, that, is that sucking up, man? No, I I don't see it as sucking up. There, there and I'm not gonna lie. There was a time in my, there was a time probably early in my career, yeah, where I would have said that that was yeah. sucking up, yeah. Because again, <laughs> hey man, we two brothers, yes. So I hope no, no one gets offended by this, but we we grew up in situations where whoever's at the top, oh, you, I'm just as good as them. So That's why true. should I, um. Uh, try to play the game or be super nice to you or try to get on your good side just Absolutely. to get where I'm going. You know what I mean? And so that was almost like selling out. Yeah. So earlier in my career, no, until I got there in in the environment to see like, oh, this thing this is, is not about is. No. me coming to work every day. No. And mastering spreadsheets. <laughs> you know? No. 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 So. The boss has to be comfortable with you. Absolutely. And here's the thing. Think about it from your perspective. You, you've got a team of folks working for you, mm-hmm. and you're about to go tackle a project. Yeah. Don't you want to know about them? I want to. I, yeah, I want to know everything about them Absolutely. because it's going to affect how my team goes. And not just about their abilities. Yeah. You want to know, like, how they're going to work. Yep. Like, socially, it, it, it's kind of interesting. You know, we talk about families and kids who go to work. Absolutely. And I talk to the boss, and this one talks about their kids and whatever. I uh-huh. can hear how you are as a boss mm-hmm. when you start discussing your kids. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Let me think about that. I I worked with one guy, and he was extremely hard on his kids. Hmm. Well, trust me. I don't expect you to be lenient at work if you hard on your flesh and blood. That makes sense. And he was very exacting. But now once you did what he wanted, he was good. He was good. But don't don't cross that line. Huh. 
So sometimes if, you, if you're listening and discerning, right. you let him tell you about social situations. You know, I was talking to my wife, and she said this, and I said that. Oh, so that takes you off. Yeah, yeah. Guess, that guess makes sense. Guess who won't be going there? Yeah, and, and guess who's going to be paying attention to these stories <laughs> when they go back to work on Monday? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> so that's why it's important, man. You okay. Got, you got to learn your boss. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so the, the first boss type we're going to cover today is what we call the directive. Telling you what to do. Yeah, this one likes to be in control. <laughs> they like to get straight to the point. Absolutely. They don't like a lot of fluff. Nope. And they want you to do it kind of in their way. Absolutely. Right. So, how would you, as a, as a as a as an employee of that person, as a staff on that on under that person, how would you handle? Okay, it's gonna be quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said it's gonna be quick. I do. They tell me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, hold that's it. quick. No, hold it. Let, let me tell you why. Go. Okay, and for anybody out there that thinks this is being a wuss, yeah. That man, that man or woman who's uh-huh. my boss, uh-huh. they were placed there by the organization to lead a team. Mm. The organization has more confidence in their leading than mm-hmm. mine. Yeah. Now, if that hurts your ego, get over it. Yeah. Because that's what, that's what managers and bosses do. Right. So, therefore, if that person is leading out, my only job is to make sure that things get done. Now, here's the problem with directives. Directives sometimes don't have the best ideas, mm-hmm. but they're tellers. Go do this, go do that, go do whatever. Traffic directors. Hopefully, I have a relationship and I've proven myself to be a worker where I can say, hey, boss, hold on for a second. What Can we try this? Mm-hmm. Now, you don't want to challenge their authority directly mm-hmm. because the directive, they understand that they're in control mm-hmm. and they need to have that. There's something that feeds into that. So you don't want to go straight up against them because you don't have enough firepower. Right. So what you want to do is say, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And typically when we, if they're smart, if we are able to suggest something, and sometimes if they're kind of, their egos are out of, out of whack, um, you know, can we suggest, subject, suggest something and make it seem like it's their idea? Yeah. We're good. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Um, but, you know, with me, again, I now, mm-hmm. I like to start with the... The human, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, okay, my boss is a director. If that's not my work style, mm-hmm. then kind of going in the same vein as you. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me put me to the back burner. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. let me try to understand this person. Mm-hmm. Let me do what he, what he or she is asking me to do, but let me try to understand what this person is about. And, and like you were just saying a minute ago, if you see that this person is more of a strict. Uh, disciplinarian type in his personal life outside of work, then that's kind of giving that's you the key. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, you know, again, you get to know him, yeah. try, to, try to figure out what makes him tick, yeah. and then try to work to build that relationship. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And when it's all over, mm-hmm. get your check and go home. <laughs> that, that's all we want, man. <laughs> that's all we want. I, I, I think I told this story the last time. We, we recently had a had like a group sit down with our CFO yeah. and um, had a whole different perspective on this guy, man. Absolutely. Because he, he came in, it was one of the first times that I had heard him speak so so bluntly and honestly about just how he views work. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, man, I'm just like all of y'all. Like, my first goal when I come to work is I'm trying to get a paycheck. Trying to get that money. Right. And he's like, secondly, after that, I'm just, <laughs> he's like, I want to enjoy what I do. 
Yeah. And I want I want real. I want to feel I want to feel like I'm contributing. And that's I was like, real. oh, that's all I want. That's real. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's real. So it just so again, it's it's it's, it's something to trying to understand and get to know the person that you're working with on a daily basis. It's worth dollars. So oh, a, yeah. a directive is going to tell you what to do. Yep. They are a teller. Yep. Uh, they're, you're usually not indecisive. Yeah. Um, they're going to tell you some things to do you never thought of because yeah. they're not them. Mm-hmm. They're going to tell you some things to do that you don't agree with mm-hmm. unless they are illegal or immoral. Mm-hmm. Uh, do. That's the job that you're given. So now, if you, now think about your own personality. Right. If you hate taking orders. Yeah. And you work for a directive. Yeah. It's going to be a... And you're going to lose. You're gonna clap. Yeah, you're going to lose. You're going to lose that one all day. I had an old guy tell me, you know, oil and gas. Uh-huh. And he said, son, you know that stuff that rolls downhill? <laughs> I said, yes, sir. He said, well, it pulls where you're standing. Dang. It's going to hit the man on the bottom. Always. So if I got a directive... Mm-hmm. The challenge is take your ego out of the interaction. Now, do you think the directives, and so because I'm big on this as what I would like in a manager, right? Yeah. I would like them to still see themselves as part of the team. Some may, some may not. Right, and and and, and I know I know that's a thing. And you got to get that feel. Yeah. Which one is it? Yeah. Now the ego, the blown ego uh, dire- directors. Uh-huh. The one that, I am, you know, all powerful. Yeah, they're not gonna take that hit. I got you. I got you. <laughs> all right, the next one um, is we're calling it the implementer. And I'll be honest, off the bat with this one, mm-hmm. I, I don't work well with implementers. <laughs> I'm learning, but I don't work well because are they kind of like what micromanagers? Somewhat, yes. H- hands on, very hands on. Okay. So implementers are they like to be very hands on. They like to see what it is that's doing along the entire way of the process. Brian, what are you doing there? Why why are you doing this? Why are you doing it this way? So have you thought about possibly doing this way? I think this would be the most efficient way. We haven't even tried way number one. And look, as an analytic, I'm also a person of logic. Yeah. And so if if you're pointing me in a way that you think is logical, but I'm sitting here and I'm like... And this is where I have to check my ego, right? Yes. Because there are a lot of times for me personally, yeah. and maybe there's some other people out there that feel this way too, but for me personally, there are times where sometimes I feel like I can see five steps ahead of where you're already talking, mm-hmm. and I'm just like waiting for you to get there. If you start veering off left, I'm like, ooh. And, and I may have a problem respecting your idea. Absolutely. But I have to check my ego. Absolutely. And that's why I say I've had a hard time working with that implemented. Somebody listening to us or watching us today uh-huh. believes in their heart they're smarter than their boss. Yeah. I just want to say, you may be, but it is totally irrelevant. <laughs> That's a good one. Because I was about to say, you may be, but you're not. But you're not. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least don't, <laughs> at least don't say or show that outwardly. <laughs> <laughs> you could be smarter than them in your head. Oh, just saying. You're filling out your unemployment papers. So, how did you land here, sir? Uh, I was, I was smarter, smarter than my, my boss. boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, ego is alive and well. Yeah, yeah. And even for people of faith, man, managing your own ego mm-hmm. is the biggest part. And I'm just, I mean, I, I know pastors that are in, that are in 
Christian organizations. And ego. the same stuff that we're talking about. Ego city. Boss ego, you know, uh, 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 employee ego. Yeah. I'm above you. It's the king complex. Yeah. It's, to, it's the king complex. You know where that started, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will be like the most high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. It's the king complex. When the ego comes out, it, it, it doesn't come from a good place. No. Ours or theirs. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, it's, a, it's a very self-centric um, yeah. thing. So the hands-on guy comes over and, oh, Brian, what are you doing? And mm -hmm. you probably should do it that way. Mm -hmm. and, and And you already know the answer. Yeah. The answer is... Let them be. Yeah. And and again, and yeah, y'all gonna get sick of hearing me say this, but figure out why what makes them tick and why. Cause cause ultimately what it boils down to when it comes to dealing with the implementer is they want to make sure they have trust issues. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And when you're dealing with trust issues and that look, this goes for work. This goes for yeah, they're the same way. Home, yeah, yeah. You know, friendships, yeah. whatever. Right? When you're dealing with trust issues, you have to get to the root of what causes distrust. Most of the time, it stems from a past experience where it did not go the way Absolutely. that you intended it to. Absolutely. And on an emotional level, you were hurt, and it caused you to build up this wall because you don't want to get hurt again. From a professional standpoint, that could have been this boss was maybe burned one or three many times, three too many times. And in order to not get burned again and to not look bad for their bosses, right, they tend to uh, insert themselves in the middle of something that they've given their direct reports to do, right. but they just want to manage it the entire way along. And you're spot on. Right. They are fearful it won't turn out the way that they mm -hmm. want it to turn out. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of times what helps is for... Not only you get to you getting to know them, but them getting to know you. Absolutely. Because the more comfortable they are, mm -hmm. that you will deliver mm -hmm. the way that they want, the less they feel to have their hands on. I tell this story. Um, I told a ton to, to a lot of friends of mine. You probably heard it a couple times too. But when I was in Atlanta uh, working for my previous company, um, I switched groups. And one of the reasons I switched groups is because this manager ended up having a ton of turnover in her group. Uh, she had lost a, a good employee. And over a three month stretch, she had hired four more four people mm -hmm. in three months, mm -hmm. uh, and none of them worked out. One of them was a lady we talked about a couple episodes ago that just kind of dropped the f bomb on her. And yeah, that pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right, that's, that's a good way to get out of work. But <laughs> I, I came into work that day, and I was still at the staff level. I was staff level accountant. I came into work that day, and uh, the the controller and my boss pulled me in in the conference room, and I'm looking like. Hey man, I've only been here for like a year. Like, oh. y'all about, <laughs> about to like give me, yeah. You know, it's very unsettling at six thirty in the morning for your controller and your well, boss to pull yeah, you in the conference room. That's not good. And uh, so, you know, I'm sitting there and they're like, "Hey, we want to give you opportunity for a promotion. We want you to go and take this open position." Then our controller, who was very not like your stereotypical control that dude mm -hmm. would say anything mm -hmm. anyway he was like look i'm just gonna be honest with you he's like i don't trust her hiring anybody else and i was like oh, okay whoa yeah and he was like so he said but i trust you awesome and so he was like i want you to go over here and he was like people say she's a micromanager they say she you know it's hard for people to get along with her and work style he was like if you have any problems i want you to come tell me 
and nobody wow. else. I was like, okay. Wow. He said, Can we, are we good? I was like, we're good. Lip closed. I go over there to the group, and I'm working over there for six months. I'm, like, grinding, trying to figure out how to work with this lady because, of course, I don't—I'm one of those people where you give something to me, I go, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. Three months down the road, my uh, my controller pulls me in. He's like, hey, is, how's it going? Is it— I haven't heard you report back anything, so is she like people say, or are they just making stuff up? I was like, no. She's <laughs> like how they <laughs> She's exactly like they say. He said, like, but, but why have you come? I said, I said, this is what you'll learn about me. I'm going to try to figure it out first, and then when it, when it starts to boil, I'm going to come talk to you. And he was like, okay, I can, I can deal with that. Um, and the way that I ended up earning her trust mm-hmm. was to have a blunt conversation with her at one point. Because if it gets to the point where tensions will rise, then personally, mm-hmm. you tell me what you think about this. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay mm-hmm. to pull your boss in who's the implementer, mm-hmm. right? And just have a, a, a communicative conversation about work styles. A real conversation. There's nothing ever wrong by being direct. And I'm going to throw this right. at my people of faith again. Uh, I like to pray and get a little wisdom, divine mm-hmm. wisdom. Yep. But there's nothing wrong with addressing an issue head on. No. Uh, but if it's done prayerfully, respectfully, mm-hmm. you can talk about almost anything. anything. And, I, and I will tell this to anybody out there that's prayed before they go into a meeting or whatever. Trust the Spirit to give you the words. Those are promises in the book. Trust mm-hmm. the Spirit for the words. You'll walk in the room and walk out and go, whoa, yeah. how did that thing go? Yeah. Now, just make sure you don't try to take care credit for that. No. <laughs> and ultimately, the end of that story turned out like this. I ended up being a, a very trusted employee of hers for the year that I worked for her. Awesome. And then we merged and moved to Houston. So, there you go. <laughs> That's how I got okay. here. <laughs> okay, what's the next one, man? All right, the next one is the expressive. Oh, man. This That's is a great idea. Yeah, this is the ideas person. Oh, I got this great, yes. Yeah. And they're happy and they're... The cool thing about expressive, they're mm-hmm. positive. They're very positive. Yeah. Yeah. The challenge with an idea person mm-hmm. is sometimes the devil's in the details. Very much. <laughs> so I tend to end up being friends with a ton of expressives. Okay. Right? And the the analytic side of me, so the creative side of me, of course, is expressive. It's stimulated. Oh, yeah. But yeah, right, the, right. the analytic side of me wants to develop and plan and you know, flesh out the idea and yeah. kind of structure it and organize it, right? Yeah. And so I tend to end up being friends with a ton of expressives. <laughs> and it works because we're yin and yang. You you got the, the idea. I'm going to give you off the top of my rip. Okay, we need to do this, 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 and this to make sure it's good. Mm-hmm. Think about it this way. Think about it that way. In a work environment, that can be challenging sometimes. It can be. Here's the thing about expressives. Mm-hmm. A lot of times expressives, you would do the... Myers Briggs, you know the four quadrants. Yes, there's the, yeah, yeah. the Myers Briggs. Mm. I ain't TJ. There, man, there's so many. There's, like there's, yeah. there's so many. They're, they're, they're all four quadrants. Yeah, yeah. But one of the quadrants has a ton of personality and people connectivity and whatever. Yeah. They're the salesmen. They're the teachers. They're actually the the rah rah people that make people want to follow them. Mm-hmm. So they're awesome on that level. Mm-hmm. Now, if you know you're that way, what you do, you find some analytical, mm-hmm. technical people. Mm-hmm. To report to you, yes, because sometimes it's a shortcoming. By the way, nobody has everything. 
No. Nobody's no, gonna no, be no, boss. Not at all. So you're expressive, you'll feel you'll have, you'll enjoy working with them. The ideas yeah. will flow, they're fun to go to lunch with, they're fun to create these big picture things that usually understand the big picture of a, of an right. organization. Right. But a lot of times they're not detail oriented people. You know what's interesting? Mm. And it and it just hit me. So some people who uh, listen to us or the, who, whoever knows us personally from listening to the podcast or whatever, um, they know that, like, I do, uh, I write and produce stage productions and short films and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I remember when I first immersed myself in that as something else I do and started learning, like, how uh, other people do it and how they really make movies and stuff like that. I remember being struck by the collaborative nature of how movies and TV shows and all that stuff gets made. And the more I kind of consumed and I listened to people who actually work in the field talk about it, I'm like, whoa, this is probably, theoretically, that creative medium is probably the closest thing to what would be a perfect work scenario. Because, yeah. because. Yeah. You have the super creatives who can come up with the ideas and write the stories and such like that, right? Then you have the producers who, well, okay, we got to figure out how this is going to get made, period. So we need to do this, this, this. We got to raise money for this, this, this. Got to put this in order, structure this because we got to sell it over here. Mm -hmm. And then when it's actually getting made, you have like what they call a line producers. And a line producer's job is to, okay, here's our checklist for the day. Mm -hmm. We got to stay on task. We got this much time here. If you're going on time, come on, let's go. It's called execution. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, you need that. And it, But it's like a super collaborative thing. And then the end result, of course, is the film or television show, whatever that you see. Mm-hmm. And basically, when we're looking at this, right, um, every, every personality, going back from the coworkers to mm-hmm. the bosses, mm-hmm. they're all these different types. But if you really look at them, they should be able to blend in some way. E- e- even the jerk upward manager that we talked about, they're they're relevant to the process of getting the job done. And they're all necessary. Yeah. Quick, quick story. Mm-hmm. An old boss of mine and I did the consulting job together. Yeah. And high-powered, we walked in the room, and we would laugh. And he's a very, very successful guy, good guy, Christian guy, somebody I really, really love. Uh, we walked in the room, and they had so many degrees, I am sure— that uh, they could produce several thousands of thermometers in that room. <laughs> I mean, it was degree, 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 degree. Now, here's the issue. Said, yeah. The guy running the organization, mm-hmm. degree, 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 degree. Awesome. Yeah. But what we had them do, we had them take a personality test or behavioral work assessment, similar to a Myers-Briggs, but not as lengthy. Mm-hmm. But we kind of wanted to know where to put people in boxes. Mm-hmm. Now, let me tell you about Because it was an educational institution, and their focus was academia, Mm-hmm. So everybody in the room was, I mean, brilliant, brilliant. But part of the academia sometimes lives in that analytical, mm, more data is needed world. Yep. What they did not have in the entire leadership group was somebody that focused on execution. That's interesting. Which was the crux of their problem. When we we came in and did a, the needs analysis, right. looked at the projects that were falling off and the things that weren't happening. So what we found, we had to find a director. We had mm-hmm. a room full of VPs. Yeah, All of the VPs were analytical academiacs. Huh. Nothing got done. Because what happens as soon as you walked in with new information, oh, they were also research gurus. When mm-hmm. I say the brightest people on the planet, they were incredibly bright. Won't tell you the the institution because you, you'd figure it out. 
brilliant, brilliant people. Yeah. But because they were researchers, new data would send them in another whole path. Because uh, if you're a researcher, yeah. new data, you you start at the beginning and say, does this change yes. the, the end answer? Yeah. So we've, there was nobody in the whole senior executive circle that could execute. The president would change his mind with the last new information that would come into his office because he was research-driven. So we had to come down several layers and find a director mm. who would, she would kill anybody that would deviate <laughs> from the protocol. That's it. And we had to interject her into the discussion. So when they came out with a project, you it's, gave it to her. It's gone. She rocked the house. But so the personality of the boss can not only, it affects those around him, but mm -hmm. it affects their ability to get the work done. And if you're really smart and you see the weakness, rather than talk about it, fix it and solve it. And you become the leg, the operant leg that makes the thing happen. I like that. I like that. So there you go. So with the expressive, man, it's really you, the expressive needs the, the, the analytic to balance them out. Oh, absolutely. Basically. Absolutely. But don't, don't overstep don't. your bounds yeah. because there's still ego involved. Yeah. As soon as I realize yeah. that you're smarter than me and you're making something happen, then we're back to the other. We're back to the other again. way. Yeah. yeah. All right, last one. <laughs> I, call, I think this one is the cousin of the implementer. Okay. This is the worrier and the control freak. Oh, man. Yeah. So this one, <laughs> so this one is one where, okay, we got a task. Yeah. Right? I need to pass this on to someone on my team. Okay? But I'm afraid that they won't handle it properly. And so I'm going to keep it on my task list, although I may be already loaded. Yes. And I'm going to learn how to do it first. Yes. And then when I get the hang of it, I'll pass it on. Yes. Okay. Fire away. Okay. <laughs> First of all, if you're a lazy employee, uh -huh. you love this. You place. love it. <laughs> yeah. You love it. Oh, you want to do everything, boss? Yeah, go ahead. Peace. Be my guest. Go do what you got to do. Now, here's the sad thing about it. This person ultimately will be their own worst enemy. And Absolutely. They'll probably, they'll probably lose their job mm -hmm. because you cannot control everything. Mm -hmm. And it is back to a lack of trust. Right. The problem I have with the control freak people is that typically there's a little area of superiority. Mm -hmm. In other words, you can't do it like me. Right. So therefore, yeah. I'm going to have to hold on to it. Right. Like, you go right on. Go for it. And in the end, they're overwhelmed. And man, I got tons of stories of people that lost their jobs, not because they weren't smart, mm -hmm. but they didn't understand the art of delegation. Right. Because you do delegate, you don't dump. Like, oh, Brian, why did you do this? Uh, and I just leave it forever. Right. No, I delegate with some parameters, some expectations, open door policy. Hey, running it, running into any problem? Mm -hmm. give, me a, give me a buzz. It, we don't disconnect. Mm -mm. So uh, my ability to delegate mm -hmm. really should wipe this out. But generally, these people aren't. The fear keeps them from being able to delegate. Yeah, and I, I'm big on people being developed. Now, it, again, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, too. It's not the responsibility of your boss to absolutely develop you. Mm -mm. It's your responsibility to push for the development, mm -hmm. right? And then work in tandem with your boss to, to find development opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, if you're one of those who has taken that advice and you're working to get development opportunities and your boss ends up being a warrior control freak and holding on to stuff and not passing down 
uh, development opportunities to you. Mm-hmm. Um, my suggestion is, again, a conversation. Absolutely. You may not know what's on their desk, but even if it's as simple as put some time on their calendar, hey, I just want to talk to you about like some other things that I could possibly be uh, maybe something I can mm-hmm. take off of your plate to help you out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I noticed that like that you're here till seven o'clock a lot of nights, and I'm leaving at five. Maybe if I can help you with something on your desk, maybe we can balance this out, and you know, be a good development opportunity for myself, and it would also kind of you know ease your ease your tension. How does that sound? That's awesome, and and what it might help uh, the control freak person to do. Well, let me try you on this. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to get to learn how they th- how they think because mm-hmm. like the implementer, they freak out because it's not done their way. Point. So even in that discussion, how do you think this should be done, boss? Yeah. What does it need to look like? Mm-hmm. And you have to clarify sometimes because they're not always the best communicators about what that should look like. Mm-hmm. But what you want, you want a picture of what they think the end product should be, mm-hmm. and you want to develop the thing according to that picture. Yeah. And then. Once you've gotten that part, you can start to interject your own ideas. Absolutely. Yeah. Bring them along. Because theirs is a trust issue. But once, yeah. uh, similar to the implementer, if they trust you, they tend to give you a little bit more. And you can win them over. Yeah. You can win over the bosses. I agree. Yep. Yep. All right. So that's it. So this that wraps up our series on personalities in the workplace. We took you through the zoo and navigated you through that little uh, terrain, mm-hmm. and and then we took you to the throne room. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of ways we can go with that, but yeah. let's just say the boss is the, on the throne. The boss is on the throne. It's all and, good. You know, we we we, we introduce you to a few kings and queens. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's been fun. Anyway, as usual, you can find us on social media at This Is BTC. You got a comment, question, a scenario, story, um, request. Uh, hit us at podbtc at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. For Eric Kelly, I'm Brian Montgomery. Mm-hmm. We're out. We're out. Mm-hmm.